Hey, let's be real. I want to talk about some lessons from the garden. And if you're not a gardener, just hang in there. <laughs> just just pretend for a minute and indulge me. I know I've talked about garden lessons before, but really the garden is where I get my most quiet time and where I feel the closest with God and just come across all of these lessons that I'd love to share the latest from just this past week. If you live in the Midwest in Wisconsin, you know that we have been having a very dry summer. <laughs> We've been watering our garden 24-7. And when we say we, I mean me here at my house and anyone else that has a garden. It has been taking a lot of work. Well, we haven't had rain in about a week and I was out there looking at the weeds going, "Ugh, I am not going to even attempt to pull any of those weeds because if you are a gardener and maybe even if not, you know that it's really kind of futile to try to pull weeds from a dry, hard, sun-beaten ground. They just, they break off. You don't get the roots. It's not at all productive. It's kind of like, what's the point? And I was reminded after a storm last week when the ground was nice and wet and saturated, I was like, ah, I got to get out there and I got to weed because the weeds come out so well when the ground has been watered, when the plants and the earth has been nourished and when it's in a healthy state, are you able to uproot the things you don't want? And it really made me think about, well, isn't that just like us? Like if we're in a place of intimate relationship with the Lord and we are being nourished in his word, through worship, through prayer, the parts of us that need to be maybe pruned, plucked out, removed, it's a little bit easier to deal with those things when we're in a state of being nourished. When we're in this dry, hard, barren state, those things that need to be dealt with, it's not quite as easy. It's easier to just ignore them, to leave them where they are, and you know, it's not always very successful. And you're like, oh, I'm going to try in my own strength to get rid of these things, but without any luck. So one of my many thoughts just the other day out in the garden, the other kind of lesson that hit me was I am planting um, wedding flowers for a friend. Last year and the year before, my garden has not done very well. Not for a lack of effort necessarily, but for a number of different circumstances, some from my end and others that were out of my control. There was not a lot of fruitfulness in the last two gardening seasons. What I learned at the end of last summer, when I'm like, why are all of my tomatoes wilting and dying? Why is nothing growing? This seems really weird. I know I put them in late, but they were healthy one week, and they were just gone the next. Well, what I learned is forces beyond my control is we have black walnut trees all over our yard. Black walnut trees are beautiful. I love them. They are lovely trees. The wood is very valuable. They are a good, big, beautiful thing. Most of the time, but just like I think for a, a lot of us, a lot of our strengths can also be our weaknesses, and something that's very, very good can also become a problem in the life of someone else, of anyone else, even ourselves. So the black walnut trees were just getting a little too close to the garden, and their roots must be extending out underground into my garden, and squirrels are planting the black walnuts in my garden. And if you know anything about black walnuts and black walnut trees, they're natural herbicides and they kill most <laughs> things 
around them, including the grass beneath them. It's hard to really grow grass um, unless it's like highly acidic plants you could put there, but there are not many things that grow. So I was super frustrated and super defeated after the last few years of a garden that I was intentionally planting and working at, hoping for fruit in this season, and it was a bust. It was a bust because of circumstances outside of my control. I am sure you can relate in seasons of your life that you are hoping for things to go well, and for reasons out of your control, they don't. You're like, oh my gosh. Well, sometimes hindsight is twenty twenty. looking back, and you're like, oh, I see now why that did not work well. Again, in my own effort, I was trying this and this and this, not recognizing that there was something else going on in the background that needed to be dealt with. So come the spring, we realized, okay, cannot plant most of the vegetables in this soil because it has been ruined, it has been tainted, it has been poisoned by these black walnut trees nearby. So put the black tarp down, build some raised beds, fill them with fresh, fertile soil, and then insert vegetables. I tell you, I have not had so much luck in my vegetable garden in quite a few years. I might post pictures on social media because I'm like, yes, it's lovely. I have some abundance here because I was able to figure out what is the warfare, what is the behind-the-scenes battle and struggle that I didn't know I was fighting that now I'm aware of and I'm able to deal with it on the front end, prevent it from coming in, and prepare myself for how to deal with it. Make the necessary uh, changes and set myself up for success and move forward. And now I am seeing the fruit of that labor. Well, as I mentioned, I'm growing flowers, but those I'm growing in the ground because apparently within juglone poisoned soil, which juglone is the chemical from the black walnut trees, there are certain things that can still grow and they can still fruit even in the midst of these issues and struggles. So all of my flowers are growing in that soil. But there are a couple of rows that I had gotten free packets of like a perennial mix wildflower. So I just made a long trench, filled it with seed, covered it up, and moved on with my life. And then, as all of my seedlings start to come up earlier this summer, I'm realizing, ooh, I'm going to have to get out there and weed around the flowers. I don't want the weeds to take over my seedlings as they come up. And this was a slow, painstaking process of being on my hands and my knees, trying to find my rose because some of the markers had fallen out and I had to locate them and figure out, okay, where are the flowers? Where are the weeds? Now, in these far to end rows where I threw mixed seeds in, it was a bit complicated. I knew the other things. I kind of knew where those rows were. I was able to slowly and methodically weed around them, identify them. They stand out. They're in good shape. They're growing well. But all of a sudden, amongst the weeds, I see these little white flowers. And I was like, oh, that's right. I had rows of wildflowers over here. But it's such a mixture, I actually don't know what's even in those rows. Going, hmm, what am I going to do about this? Because I don't want them to die. I want them. These are perennials. I put them there for a reason so that they keep coming back year after year. But I don't know what they look like. I don't know what fruit is going to come out of that labor. But do you know what I do know what looks like? In my garden, in my yard, in this neck of the woods where I live, 
I am very well acquainted with the weeds. All the things that I actually don't want to be part of my garden. I know what those look like. I know them well. So I find the white flowers and I slowly pick around them and I'm like, well, here's a weed, here's a weed, here's a weed. And I start to remove the things that I know I don't want until I find the next thing that I don't recognize. I was like, oh, that looks like it has potential to be a flower, something that's going to fruit. I'm going to leave that and I'm going to intentionally continually moving down this row, plucking out, removing and discarding the things that I know I don't want. There's a grass that has some red in it that I know, no, not that. I have these like wild marigold things. Nope, I know I don't want that. And I'm able to systematically deal with the things that I know I'm going to struggle with. And Hemi was like, well, isn't that a great metaphor for life? I have struggles that I am very well aware of that I deal with in my life. I am guessing you too have struggles that you are very well aware of in your life, that you feel like, oh, why did I do that again? Why do I always have to keep working on this? And there are these things in our life that we can continue systematically and intentionally work at removing because we recognize the things that we don't want. I just want to encourage us that through that effort of removing the things that we know shouldn't be there, we might just find the beauty of fruits and of flowers that grow in the process. Now, I still have a couple rows left to do, but I was very much inspired by this whole idea of like, yeah, let's get rid of the crud in our life that we know we don't want there and let God deal with the growth and the abundance of the fruit that he has set before us. Because let's be real listeners, there's always a question to evaluate and become self-aware. What are the things in your life that you know you don't want there? and that you struggle with? Can you be praying to God about helping and asking for the help to remove those things and to be constantly aware that they're there? And unfortunately, a lot of times, if you don't get them out by the root, they keep coming back. So let me encourage you not to try to deal with those things in a season of maybe dry, detached, barrenness, not close and intimate in a relationship with the Lord because you probably won't be very effective. But if you can kind of recommit yourself to getting into the word, to really pay attention to your prayer life, to grow and work on this intimacy in your relationship with the Lord, then I think those things you don't want are going to be more easily dealt with and removed. One last garden metaphor for you today. I hope these uh, make sense and the visuals are helpful. I want to talk about the fact that even though my garden has had a really hard time the last couple years, think the two years before that, I actually had a decent turnout. Great, no, but decent. There was some intentional growth and sowing that took place in my garden in those good seasons of a couple things. Dill. Does anybody else grow dill? I love dill because I do a lot of pickling. I like it for dilly beans, dill pickles, things like that. I love to grow dill, but dill drops its seed all over the place. It's called dill weed for a reason. It spreads like a weed. My tomatoes Even though last year all of the plants that I intentionally started and planted died because of my jug loan, there are areas in my garden right now where tomatoes are growing that I did not plant because years ago I intentionally planted a particular tomato and I don't always harvest them all on time and they split open and they hit the ground and the seeds just 
they fall and they replant themselves. Tomatillos, <laughs> they're everywhere because those split out all over the place and make a mess. And I'm always trying to rip out as much tomatillo plant as possible. But in God's great abundance, the things that I've intentionally planted in the past that bore fruit because they had been nurtured and taken care of have continued to reseed and replant every single year without my intentional effort anymore. In the garden, we call these volunteers. I love volunteers. Every spring, I walk around looking to see what are the volunteers this year. I have two beds of potatoes that are total volunteers that I either missed forgot or simply did not find these potatoes when I dug them up last year. Well, now I have beds of potatoes that I was not planning on but am going to be blessed by and I'm super excited about. Again, I have dill everywhere. I didn't plant them. It's the fruit of the labor of the intentional growth and the intentional sowing of good things in my garden. We have seasons where I think the same thing applies, where we are working on and self-aware of certain areas in our life that might need growth and attention. I just want to encourage you, take that time to be specific in your growth and your attention and your nourishing of particular areas in your life that might need help or growth or just something you're longing for or God is convicting you and calling you to because the time and the attention that we give carries over. Year after year, situation after situation, these areas that become our strength that may have been a weakness at one point, the abundance of that fruit can last for a very long time. Volunteers in our own life. So as I keep seeing all of this abundance pop up in my garden that I did not tend, at least not this season, I'm encouraged and reminded that, yeah, there is still fruit of our labor from seasons before, when we put in the time and the intentionality and the intimacy with the Lord, we planted seeds, and they can continue to come back and to be reborn and to be a blessing over and over and over, and not only just to us but to others, because let me tell you, I will have so much still <laughs> that I will be able to share and bless others, guaranteed. It will be all over the place. So my encouragement from the garden for you today is to be thinking about how it is that you are being nourished in your life right now. How are you stepping into a healthy relationship with the Lord? If you're not, can I encourage you to make some intentional effort and time to get back to that place? Because that is where it will become easiest to deal with the things that we don't want and to see the growth and the fruit of the things that we long for. And I just know that that harvest is going to be abundant over and over and over.